Hello, and welcome to the Keys to Spiritual Fulfillment podcast, where we'll identify and explore ways that we can become the best humans that we can be, compassionate, wise, loving, confident, and courageous. I'm Reverend Dr. Arvid Straube, your host, and I've been helping people grow spiritually for more than 40 years. I've been a congregational leader, a trained spiritual director, and a meditation coach. I'm a lifelong student of spiritual practices and traditions. So today, I'm going to offer a proposition to you that we can think about together. And that proposition is that there is nothing wrong with you. Yeah, you heard me. I said that. There is nothing wrong with you. So, you know, there's this weird custom that we have of New Year's resolutions. You know, we're going to we're going to do everything that we thought we should do to improve ourselves. Lose weight, stop smoking, exercise more, be kinder to others. And research has shown that most New Year's resolutions are broken within the first two weeks. So you feel bad about yourself when you do that. You probably are giving yourself a hard time. You're calling yourself all kinds of names. You're punishing yourself in some ways. New Year's resolutions that fail as opposed to those that succeed are based on a false premise. And that false premise is that there's something about you that needs to be fixed. You know, you, you're too fat or you're too thin. You're too neurotic or screwed up in some way. You're not spiritual enough. You're not smart enough. You're, you're too codependent. You love too much or you love too little. As Zen master Sherry Huber says in her book by the same title as, as this topic today, Regardless of what you have been taught to believe, there is nothing wrong with you. She talks about how we are trained from a very early age to hate ourselves or to at least hate some things about ourselves. And this is the cause of so much of our suffering. These thoughts that Patterns of thinking and feeling that we're so taught early on in our lives that somehow maybe helped us to survive psychically or otherwise, they're no longer serving us, and they cause so much suffering. With my spiritual direction clients, that's maybe the most frequent thing that we work on is these voices that say, there's something wrong with you. You're flawed. You're bad. You're not sufficient. But there is nothing wrong with you. So, I know you don't believe me. Or maybe there's some part of you that's arguing. Well, but you don't know me. There is something wrong with me. You know, but all the great spiritual traditions, if you look deeply enough... I'm not talking here about the Western Christian tradition of uh, original sin because in Judaism and Eastern Christianity, that is not a doctrine that they believe. But 
in all Christian traditions, we're told that we are children of God. In Buddhism, we're told that we have at our core a Buddha nature. We have the perfect flow of the Tao, the way things are through you. Okay, so go ahead and think of all the arguments you have with me about why you're constantly needing your give yourself hate messages to keep yourself on track. Because you'll go wrong, bad wrong, unless you punish yourself for certain things you do, think, or are. Well, you know, back in the early, late 1700s and early 1800s, the Universalist movement, the Universalist Church was founded in America. And they believe, we believe, I'm a Unitarian Universalist, that there is no hell, that there is no eternal punishment, that the love of God is all-encompassing and unlimited. And that's what those Universalist evangelists preached after the revivals that made people scared of hell. And the main arguments that the other Christians had against the Universalists is without the fear of hell, there would be no morals. Without the fear of hell, our natural evil would show itself. But the Universalists said the love of God is unlimited. They said, in its essence, at our core, there is nothing wrong with you. So how do we get in this predicament? You know, like I said earlier, these voices in your head have been instilled from the beginning of our lives. And maybe, maybe those voices were needed to cope with the difficult circumstances of our early years. Maybe they did help us to survive. And maybe these voices now still think they're helping us, but they're not serving us. You know, the way of putting those voices in our heads is the way that people have of making us do what they say. And, you know, they had to work really hard to instill those messages of self-denial and self-hate because we are born with the knowledge that there is nothing wrong with us. And we've internalized those messages so deeply now. So part of the work of spiritual growth and spiritual fulfillment is not to believe everything we think. I don't have any tattoos. I've got nothing against them. But if I were to have a tattoo, it would say, don't believe everything you think. Our thoughts and emotional reactions are conditioned. They're not core to who we are. This self-denigration, self-hate in extreme circumstances is actually the ultimate addiction. And you could even say that all the other addictions are based on this proposition that there's something wrong with us and we try so hard to fix ourselves and we don't succeed. And so in order to escape from that pressure, uh, 
Addictions have a field day. And you know, they wouldn't be necessary if we realized that there is nothing wrong with us. So, what if there were people in your life who spoke to you the way you speak to yourself, who gave you the same kind of cruel, awful messages that you constantly give yourself? You're stupid, you're fat, you're hopeless. If you had any self-regard, we would not let other people talk to us the way we talked to ourselves. This has been an important message that I've tried to take to heart in my own spiritual growth. You know, it's, it's difficult work undoing these false beliefs that were instilled in us that tell us that there is something wrong with us. And I preached this when I was a minister in congregations many times. And I don't think I've ever had stronger reaction to any sermon topic as to these. People really got upset. People had all kinds of arguments. You don't know me well enough to say there's nothing. Let me tell you what's wrong with me. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what's wrong with me. Uh, there's something so wrong with me. I'm going to propose a, a no-risk proposition. Give yourself a week. So if you quit giving yourself verbally abusing messages for a week and you notice that you start being a horrible person, then you can beat yourself up double the week after that and catch up on your self-abuse. When it's looked at that way, we can see how ridiculous it is. From her book, There's Nothing Wrong With You, Sherry Huber, the Zen master, talks about when you don't hate yourself, you won't be chronically late. When you don't hate yourself, you won't be chronically early. When you don't hate yourself, you won't procrastinate. When you don't hate yourself, you won't abuse substances. You won't work compulsively. You won't deprive yourself. When you don't hate yourself, you won't depress your feelings. You won't try to be perfect. You won't worry too much. You won't worry about worrying too much. When you don't hate yourself, you won't have to depend on others for approval. You won't believe the inner judge. You won't reject your inner judge. You won't punish yourself. You won't overindulge yourself. When you don't help hate yourself, you won't pass up opportunities. When you don't hate yourself, you won't be afraid of yourself and always try to improve and improve others. Here's an important point. I really want this to be conveyed. Don't reject that self-critical voice. It's conditioning that's deep at first. 
And that voice can be made less and less loud. You see, what we resist persists. The Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh, in talking about how we can use mindfulness to heal from these self-critical voices, asks us to recognize that these voices are a hurt part of ourselves. Your feelings and thoughts are part of you, even the ones that you don't want to believe and you don't want to act on, but they're still part of you. And if a child that you love were to come to you with these kinds of messages, you would love them instead of punishing them. So don't reject this hurt child. In your imagination, you can embrace that hurt part of yourself and say, I hear you. Tell me what's hurting. I hold you. I will listen to you. I will love you. But don't let it have power over you. You know, you are not here to become an acceptable person. I'll say that again. You're not here to become an acceptable person. You're here to accept the person you are. The Dalai Lama gathered to himself a group of Western meditation teachers some years ago, and they were having conversations about, you know, what are the challenges that Western meditation students face. And he kept hearing a, a word, a concept, you know, that he, he couldn't understand. Self-hate, low self-esteem, low self-esteem kept coming up, low self-esteem, and he looked puzzled. And he turned to his translator, and his translator tried to explain to him, you know, the what the English term low self-esteem meant. And when he finally got it, he broke down in tears. Evidently, we Westerners are particularly good at self-hate. We're pretty good at low self-esteem. And more so, it appears, than in Asian cultures, and in Tibetan culture. And it causes so much suffering. If we could accept those hurt parts of ourselves and help to heal them, but not act on them, help to heal them from the core belief that there is nothing wrong with you, so much suffering can be released. Our life is a gift, not a project certainly not a self-improvement project. And we are a gift. Our bodies, no matter what they look like, are a gift. Our emotions, all of them, are a gift. Our affections, 
are a gift. Our skills and talents are a great gift. So use what language you like. You are made in the image of God. You are a beloved child of the universe, a child of the earth. Your essential nature is the Buddha nature. Your existence is a unique, one-time miracle. In all of time and space, there never has been, and there never will be, a miracle like you. If we can only believe and act on the belief that there is nothing wrong with you. This has been the keys to spiritual fulfillment with Reverend Dr. Arvid Strabi. Let me respectfully remind you that life and death are of ultimate concern. Life passes swiftly by and opportunity is lost. Wake up. Wake up. Do not squander your precious life.